Welcome to Beyond Infinity, Piers Cunningham and John Young with you. Now, John, I thought I'd give you a bit of a review and a, a, a chat about the MacBook Pro. In lockdown this year, around the middle of the year, I wound up buying myself a MacBook Pro. And the thinking was I'd, I'd actually had a, an iMac, which which believe it or not, I'd, I'd had since 2008. So it was 12 years old. So it was really quite limited in putting new software on it. There were certain security issues with it as well. So I wound up doing all my sort of banking and anything that was sensitive. I was just doing through my phone using the, the latest iOS software, which is reasonably secure. But I was a bit limited in what I could do with my old iMac. I still actually have it and it still works perfectly. So kudos to the old 2008 24 inch iMac. I think it was a 2.4 gig Intel processor, 4 gig of RAM, 320 gig hard drive. So not a lot of storage on board. So I'd have to do backups and transfer stuff off and juggle stuff around to, to keep the thing going. And I found I was always approaching the sort of maximum memory storage. And I'd get warnings saying, you know, you're, you're running out of storage. You need to you know mm-hmm, clear mm-hmm. space on your computer, all that sort of stuff. I was aware that I was missing out on, on newer, better software, basically. That was really the issue. Yeah. But I, I have to say that for a lot of things, that, that old iMac really was a, a trooper and uh, I still... I still like it a lot. And so I wound up looking through what was available as a replacement. I didn't necessarily want to get another iMac, as much as I do like that concept of sort of all-in-one desktop, which has got the brains and everything just sort of embedded in the back of the screen. So it's a very ergonomic and doesn't use a lot of space. It can sit on your desk and it's the whole computer. You don't have a box sitting under the desk or other clutter on your desk. And then another one I looked at was the Mac Mini, uh, which is a which is a basically a, a, just a the CPU and, and, and RAM in a, uh, a kind of a box that's like a bit bigger than a CD box. Mm-hmm. If you've got all your peripherals and stuff and you just want to upgrade the, the brain, then that's an option that you've got is to look at the Mac Mini. But then I thought, oh, well, what else can I get? And then the next thing was, it was a, a laptop. Now, so I actually wound up deciding on a MacBook Pro, but I didn't like the pricing of it. They are expensive. Apple is renowned for its very high margins, which has made it the most valuable company in the world. I think it's a market cap of uh, over $2 trillion, which is mm-hmm. really quite unbelievable. So they do charge for their products. I went up getting the one off the entry level specs for the MacBook Pro that I bought in the middle of the year. Now, there's a few things to talk about here because that the lineup and the specs have just recently been upgraded. Apple is set to make available to start selling a new chip called the M1, which is an Apple-made silicon chip. It's derived from the processes they use in their smartphones, but this chip does give you a big improvement in performance. So I'm going to talk about both the new one and the old one. The old mm-hmm. one is the one that I bought in the middle of the year. Certain regrets about that, given that this new model's come out, but I didn't have a lot of choice because I really did need to make an upgrade. I needed to get myself set up for recording at home and podcasting at home. Part of that process meant that I, I needed a new computer and microphone and stuff to go with it. So what I did was uh, I chose to get the MacBook Pro because... I can also run an external monitor from that. So I kind of get two for one. I get the desktop set up when I want it, and then I can disconnect the laptop and take it away with me and have that portability. So that was the underlying use scenario that I envisaged with the new laptop. The one I've got, it's got eight gigabytes of RAM. It's got 512 gig storage, solid state drive. The standard for the entry-level model is 256. So the one variation I went for was just doubling the onboard storage. Mm -hmm. 
So apart from the chips, specs are pretty similar between the new M1 MacBook Pro and the old. The one that I've got has got a 1.4 gigahertz quad core Intel Core i5. The Apple M1 chip is an eight core CPU with four performance cores and four efficiency cores, an eight core graphics processing unit and 16 core neural engine. So it is a significant upgrade in terms of performance. As I said, Apple is now using its own silicon. It's derived from the silicon it's been using of its own in its iPhones for several years. The reason why they've gone to these M1 chips, which they've just introduced in their in their MacBook Pro lineup, and also for the Mac Mini, but you'll expect to see those same chips finding their way into the Pro systems that they offer and mm. iMacs and, and other desktop computers. The benefit is that you get tighter integration for developers. Um, so developers who are making software for the iPhone, for example, or the iPad, because of those similarities in the architecture and the chip design, it'll actually be easier for them to switch over. And so, and so it's, it's kind of converging the Apple ecosystem so that eventually, I guess, you will have a more app-like experience on your laptop or on your desktop to the one that you have on your iPhone or your iPad. Does that mean that the laptop or the the computer itself will move the software more like the the phones so that more function or operate similar as well? I think that's what they're saying is because one of the limits of, of an Apple desktop whether it's a whether it's a laptop or a, or an iMac or a, a pro system desktop system obviously things like adobe and office and sort of major software that people use are available for both the, the mac os world and for the pc world whether it's windows or linux but still there's only so much software that's available so being able to make it easier for developers who work in the app ecosystem that designing apps for mobile devices making it easier for them because of similarities in architecture to switch their products over to the mac os as well as ios then that's a big benefit the other benefit also is that you know essentially with apple you pay a lot for design you pay a lot for the name and the mm. brand mm-hmm. you, uh, you pay a lot for what is definitely a quality product, you know, like their phones, their their, um, their desktop and, and uh, laptops are really nice feeling and, and well-made machines. And, and I just go back to that 2008 iMac that, that really does still work perfectly. How many computers do you know of that, that work flawlessly after? Pretty regular and, I mean, not kind of crazy high-end heavy use, but regular use. A lot of editing audio that, that just keep on working and work perfectly. Keyboards that don't give up. The keypad itself from 12 years ago still working perfectly. The mouse working perfectly. The Wi-Fi system working perfectly. It's pretty rare so, in these days, isn't it? To, yeah, you know, so, particularly so with I, other brands. So I do think the quality and reliability. Now, I'm not sure whether I can say the same thing about their latest models, but certainly over the years, that's what I've found with, with Apple. So you pay a premium for that. But in terms of performance, the maximum you can get is has always been because they were using Intel chips for their desktop computers or their laptops up until now, the Intel chips have always meant that the maximum performance you can get on an Apple device is going to be the, the same as the maximum you can get on a, on a Windows device and maybe sometimes actually less because there's a lot more Windows computers made and so they tend to have the latest software available to them. Yeah. So this is now an opportunity for Apple to actually 
have better performance than than is available on a Windows or Linux device. If the early results and their own claims about the very high performance of this M1 chip, which will find its way into uh, the whole lineup, so the Apple's moving away from using Intel silicon to using its own silicon, as it has for years in its iPhones, this will mean that part of that premium you pay for Apple may wind up being that you have quite a clear performance advantage, which kind of justifies the price a bit more, particularly for professional users. And, and the MacBook Pro is supposedly aimed at, at professional people who want to use mm. it sort of, you know, on a fairly serious Graphics level. and high-end kind Graphics, of stuff, yeah. high-end editing, yeah. um, video editing, yeah. uh, music production, those sort of things. So that, that might be something that, that we wind up seeing going forward is that if you want the very best and fastest possible performance from a consumer computer, that it will be Apple that has those thanks to you know Apple's own silicon starting with the M1 chip that's just been released. Just going over some of the, the, the things that apply to all of the MacBook Pros of the 2020, whether you got the old 1.4 quad-core Intel i5 with 8 gig RAM, that was in the model that I got in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Some of the similarities and the things that are, are good in all of them is that they all come with uh, the latest Mac OS software, which up until now has been Catalina. They've just announced Big or just released Big Sur, which I, I'll come back to. I haven't downloaded it yet. I'm still using Catalina. The benefits are it's a tightly integrated ecosystem. You can send text from your laptop, which I like. It's, it's a handy thing. You, you don't have to switch to your phone. You can you can answer text You can and, and send text. You can very easily cut and paste text from a document into a text message that's on your screen. So there's a lot um, more seamless integration between the yeah, two devices. Seamless integration. Yeah. Well, between all devices. Yeah, right. If, you, yeah. if you're if you're writing a um, you know if you're writing an email on your your iPad and then you want to switch over to your MacBook Pro, you can, or to your phone, you can. If you want to see your history, and I mean some of this is cloud based, and so it's therefore available on on Windows and and uh, Android as well. But if you're browsing something on your phone, then you switch over to your desktop setup, then you can actually see your browsing history from the same day. And so you can, you know, you can literally continue reading a document that you've been looking at or or looking at a web page, which is also useful. There are benefits to having all under one ecosystem. So that, and the software, you know, look, the software is actually fundamentally the same as it was in uh, 12 years ago when I was using, when I first got my old iMac. The latest software I, I installed on that was called Snow Leopard. So that was about oh. eight to t- 10 years old. Yeah, right. Um, and, and beyond that, it wasn't supported. Did you have problems where you couldn't install any programs or use programs because the, your operating system was so old? No, I didn't have problems with it. In fact, I found it very stable. And But but obviously, well, there were some issues with, with um, putting new software onto it. So I had to use an earlier version of Audacity, for example, for audio editing. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously for security... They stopped supporting the software with um, security upgrades and stuff, and and the browser that I could run on it was was not as secure as, as more recent browsers, not as up to date with security measures and the like. That was a reason to upgrade. But in terms of the sort of fundamentals of the operating system, quite very very similar. So if you could drive a if you could drive Mac OS from twelve years ago, sitting down and being presented with with Catalina, the the, the latest, or in fact Big Sur has just replaced it yet. I haven't seen that, haven't used it yet, but uh, we'll come to that. You you hardly notice the difference, you know, that the same intuitive design and even the same sort of layout and functionality and just the way you expect it to, the things, the basic things you expect it to do, really the same, a few little tweaks in the appearance, but um, but fundamentally the same, which is which is useful. You know, it's, it's good to have that kind of continuity. It makes it very easy and quick to get used to using the latest software coming from, from using software, which was 
probably about 10 years old, mm-hmm. uh, the old uh, snow leopard. So those are all benefits and observations that I've made. There are some things about the laptop which which are a little bit frustrating. Because I got the, the entry-level model, it, it only comes with two Thunderbolt ports and a just a standard headphone socket, which is kind of unusual in a way. You know, they got rid of the, the headphone sockets on their smartphones years ago, uh, yeah. Apple did. But so despite this sort of really kind of stripped down, very minimalistic design of the MacBook Pro, they've still got a, a headphone jack, which is kind of good. But otherwise, they've only got two Thunderbolt ports, which are basically the same as USB-C. Yes. So what you have to do is if you want to run any older versions of USB or if you want to connect an SD card or if you want to connect an HDMI cable to run your external monitor, then you need an adapter. So I've got a Satechi adapter, which has got an additional USB-C or Thunderbolt port. It's got two old-style USB ports so I've got a a printer and a keyboard connected there and it's got an HDMI port on the adapter that I've got so they all go into one of the two USB-C ports that the laptop has and also the power supply is actually going through that same adapter that leaves me with one spare USB-C or Thunderbolt jack on the the laptop which I've got my Shaw microphone connected to as I speak right now. The bottom line is you think you're buying this thing as an all-in-one self-contained device. Well, it is except that you do need to pay an extra, whatever, 120 bucks or something to get this adapter. And then that allows you to connect in all your other devices. Now, earlier models of the MacBook Pro had things like SD devices. They've had more USB slots. They've had lights on the outside of them. So when the, the lid is closed on your laptop, there's been this little white pulsating light Steve Jobs designed it. it. It pulsed in accordance with the human resting breath was the way that, okay. he, uh, that was originally designed. The benefit of that was that you knew if the lid was closed that the thing was on. But with this new one, there are absolutely no lights on it. So if it's closed, you've got to open it to actually find out whether it's on or not. Oh, yes. Uh, right. and, and the way that they're designed is if you open them, you turn it on. If the computer's off, you have turned it off, then you open the lid to see if you've left it uh, on by mistake, <laughs> by doing start, so turning it on, <laughs> then, then you've started it up. So there's a few, you know, the little things like that are a little bit niggling and a little bit annoying, to be honest, to me. On my laptop, the um, the button, the power button, has a light inside of that, and so if it's if I've got the screen closed, I just have to look on the side on the power button, and it might be flashing or it might be on permanent. I understand that because if I open my laptop then i'm turning the screen on and i don't necessarily want to do that but i can see from the power button on the side so it would i would think it wouldn't be that hard to put in a little led whether it be green or red or something yeah, uh, yeah. on the side here yeah. i mean again it's it's this i don't know perhaps overzealous um, D- design you know, minimal, minimalist you know yeah. minimalist approach that's been applied to it they're a very neat looking the one i've got is a space gray it's quite it's thin sort of isn't it as well brushed, brushed aluminium yeah pretty thin i think it's it's i don't know about one point two 1.3 centimeters in thickness mm-hmm. the actual screen is very thin it's like a blade the keyboard is excellent they did have problems with their keyboards in recent earlier models back in 2018 and stuff they had recalls and keys were breaking they were using a different design underneath each key so they had problems with that the new model this year the 2020 whichever one you get the 2020 macbook pros have got the magic keyboard which is a delight to use it's a beautiful is it is it a plastic Uh, keyboard or is it is it all aluminium as well 
No, like no, the it's, keys it's, themselves. It's, it, the, the keys themselves are plastic. They're backlit yeah. black plastic um, yep. keys, but they just feel re- responsive. It's just got a nice sort of clickety click feel to it. You can type fast on it. It feels solid. It feels. It feels actually just like a you know like a, a bigger size keyboard. It, it really does. Doesn't feel like a laptop keyboard. It feels mm. like a, a separate external keyboard setup. So full marks for the keyboard. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au. It would have been nice to have a few extra jacks. I had to get a laptop for homeschooling earlier this year, and I actually spoke to you about it. I got a Lenovo ThinkPad. It's like a laptop, except mm. that it's got a touchscreen as well. It's got a, a little stylus built into it as well. And these things are pretty tough. So they're, they're built for school kids. They can be dropped. I've heard kids dropping these things and them surviving, you know, with no problems at all. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and it just, it, you know, okay, the spec and stuff is not nearly as high as what I've got in my MacBook Pro, but just the practicality of it, it's got an HDMI port. It's got a USB-C port. It's got an Ethernet port. It's got two USBs headphone socket all that it's just got everything you could think of all built into the thing so you don't have to have this adapter which is kind of annoying to have to lug around with you if you want to do anything with peripheral devices with your macbook pro you've basically got to have the adapter now the only difference between the later model so if you go to the top of the line macbook pro all you get is instead of two thunderbolt or or usb-c ports you get four you want to connect an HDMI, if you want to connect an older USB device, you're still mm. going to need an adapter, whatever yeah. model of MacBook Pro you, you, you choose to get. Uh, so that's a bit I, of I've a- actually got a, um, I've got a device which is, I think it's designed for cross-platform, whatever. So I use it with my HP laptop. But I think when I bought it from AliExpress, it actually said it was also for Macs. And so what it is, it's like a, it's a rectangular device and it's a, a multi-port you know, plug-in, so USB-C Thunderbolt uh, that plugs into the side. What I do is I rest my laptop, the back of the laptop on this to raise it up so I've got a bit of airflow underneath the laptop. But it allows me to plug in power into the device, which then feeds through into the USB-C. I've also got two... HDMI ports that exit from that device to go out to screen. So what I've got in my setup is I'm looking directly at my laptop with its screen, but on either side of the laptop, I have two screens, so a screen on the side. So I've got mm-hmm. a total of three screens. This allows me to actually then have three different screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, and then I can connect, uh, I think, like three different USB devices, and it also accepts in a micro SD and a regular SD card into the back as well. Uh, yeah. Plus I can plug headphones in so like those you know in an office environment allowing me to then just unplug the side i can then go on the go with the laptop but yep. if you need something where it's sort of a more of a workstation setup with multiple screens or multiple peripheries then yeah you can just plug something like that in yeah um, look the adapter the adapter does solve it i mean you've described a very very similar setup to what i've got this is this is all stuff that you learn the hard way, I guess. But if you want to regularly run a separate monitor, so I, I just bought myself a Lenovo 27-inch, $300 basic 1080 res. So not a, not a super high res screen, but but fine for most uses that I put it through. And then that runs off through that Satachi adapter. There's only one HDMI port on that adapter rather than the two that you've got. One thing that I found is that if you are planning and I sort of 
came across in subsequent reading after I'd chosen the model and, and taken possession of the computer, that if you're going to regularly run an extra external screen, that actually isn't, it's another reason to go for a higher performance chip if you're regularly going to run external monitors. Yes. Because they do put, you know, it's, they, they just... It's, they put it's a bit of stress more, on the system, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit more of an ask, basically, for the laptop to be running a, a separate screen as well. And there are definite benefits from doing that. Mac OS allows you, it's quite cool, it allows you to, to split 27-inch monitor that I've got. It splits that so you can have two browser windows open. So you can actually have it set up so there might be three or four screens, but each of them has got two browser windows on it. Yes. So it allows you to flick between them rather than just having the the whole screen with only one browser window on it, which for a screen that size, it's fine. It works well. So today I've got the split screen with two or three pages with two browser pages on each you know, stay that way, that don't get mixed up. And then on the laptop, I've just got Audacity running so I can see the waveform and just make sure that the thing's recording as it should and see how much time we've been going for and all the rest of it. And I was just going to ask you is, do you find when you've got three screens, so two separate HDMI screens running from your one laptop, do you have any issues with that? Do you notice any performance drag on, on the laptop? Oh, look, I, I haven't. Uh, it probably runs a little warm, but I think that's more just a laptop anyway that I've got. In my uh, HP Spectre X360, it's the 2017 variant, I think it is. One of the issues that was sort of notified early on was that this particular model does seem to run a little bit warmer. I've ch- adjusted some settings to, to reduce that down, but look, it's got an i7 processor inside. It does handle most of the things. It's got a very basic, basic graphics card in there. It's not really designed for hardcore gaming or video editing. But if I wanted to do those things, I could get an external graphics card system set up. So that's a. Okay. Uh, I could just plug that into a box, a graphics card into a box, dedicated to the unit, plug that into the Thunderbolt system, because I've got two on the laptop, and then yep. that would give it the boost of graphics. But so far, it hasn't skipped a beat. It's worked very well. Haven't had um, haven't had an issue with the, the setup that I've had. That's one of the things about Apple, as you know, that you, you don't have that ability to sort of add peripheral devices. So I don't think that I can run a separate graphics card with Mac OS connected through a, a USB-C cable. Mm. I just I don't think that's an option with, mm-hmm. with this. You can't really upgrade the machines. You know, you basically just got to swap it over. Yeah, well, look, know, mine's so the same. You- I, mine's not designed for uh, upgrade. Everything's kind of hardwired, uh, you know, soldered onto the uh, the boards of the memory yeah. and everything. They don't, so want you, they don't want you changing anything. I mean, you used to be able to get batteries that actually unscrewed or that, you know, you had a couple of really easy unlocking mechanism on, on the bottom of it, which allowed you to just take the whole battery unit off and so mm. you could replace your battery on your laptop which meant that over time your battery's going to degrade well they got rid of that years and years ago probably at least 10 years ago that they, they stopped that ability so same with their phones it's soldered in you've got to take it to a uh, you know authorized a, repair a, or whatever yeah, or yeah authorized repair exactly or apple and 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 have them do that sort of thing for you so that those are some of the limits that, that go with apple and they have done for years just briefly to wrap this up because we could we could talk for ages and i i did have some issues with the macbook pro and i did go for that entry-level model which on reflection it, look it was to do with price because they're expensive and to go up from the base model that I got with the 1.4 quad-core Intel Core i5, which is actually a 2018-level processor. So so unless you paid an extra $1,000 over the 2.3 that I paid for a 5.12 instead of a 2.56, which is the standard solid disk drive that the machine came with, 
I upped that. So instead of being, I think it was about, instead of two grand entry level, I think it was about 2,300 with double the storage, Mm -hmm. but still using that 1.4 quad core uh, Intel i5. If I wanted to go up from that, it was literally about another grand. So then you're up up to about 3,000 to get that uh, i7 Intel 2020 model chip. But anyway, so the first one I got, I I, I, uh, I actually had a problem with it. I, I opened it one day and it just didn't start. I could not start it. I did various things and I suspect it might have been something to do with the power supply. I was quite concerned that maybe I, I, I shouldn't have been using or maybe there was an issue with the power adapter that I was using, the Satechi multi-port adapter. So I actually replaced that as well. I got in touch with Apple and Apple are pretty good with their warranties. I was well within my, my warranty with Apple and I basically just got them to deliver me a new one. So they picked up the old one, replaced it with a new one, like for like. Mm-hmm. And touch wood, no problems really with the, the new one until the biggest issue that I've had with it was actually yesterday I was doing some editing, some audio editing using Audacity. And I was also downloading a the Big Sur update which is uh, which is the major up- updates which the is max. a major yeah. major update it's about 13 gigabytes but basically it doesn't install it has to get the whole thing down before it installs it so I hadn't installed it I was still running the latest version of Catalina but I was you know, doing the download in the background I also had some browser windows open I had messages open so I could see my text messages coming in and out and then on my external monitor I was editing and I'd, and I'd kind of left it for a little while um, and it had gone to, you know it goes into sleep mode it goes into screensaver mode then it goes to sleep I'd done that a couple of times. I'd left the desk to do a few things during the day. And then the last time I did that, I think I had some people arrive at the house. I needed to go and talk to them. And I came back and I noticed that the fan on the laptop was on and it was whirring quite loudly. I hadn't heard it that loud ever before. In fact, I'd only noticed it come on very, very rarely in all the time that I'd been using either this laptop or the one that was replaced from earlier Mm -hmm. in the year. I also then very disturbingly and disappointingly noticed that that Audacity had, had crashed. So I was just getting a spinning wheel People who use who use Mac OS will know it's sort of a colourful spinning wheel. It just wouldn't respond. So uh, the rest of the operating system, it isolated that so that the app crashed, but the operating system was still working. So I could control the device, but I couldn't do anything with Audacity. Now, the, the big issue I had, and I actually rang up Apple tech support because you get free tech support for the first three months of ownership, which is a good thing with Apple. I rang them up and said, I don't want to lose. I've got, you know, about two or three hours of editing that I'm potentially going to lose. And they predictably, they, they couldn't really help me at all. They just said, well, look, it's third-party software. We can't guarantee if you force quit that you that you will retain any data from that. So I, I had to force quit it. I couldn't, couldn't progress any further with Audacity, force quit it, and then quit all my things that were open and restarted the computer, gave it a little bit of a rest, didn't come back to it straight away. And when I did come back to it, I launched audacity and it actually popped a window straight away saying do you want to recover ah, um, your yeah. previous work and i just went yep. yep and and so i got exactly what i was so it must have audacity to its great credit and i love this software it's 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 really good software that you and i are both recording on as we speak on our respective devices i think it must have an auto save function built into it because i, I didn't lose the edits that i'd done up until that uh, crash i hadn't saved them uh, manually anyway so that was a good thing but it did raise some questions about either the limits of what this two-year-old Intel i5 quad-core processor is capable of because I was doing a download 
I had some things open, had browser windows open and an editing program running. But still, with 8 gig of RAM, I, I was surprised that I would have a problem. I mean, I mean, all the download is doing is just is just trickling down data from the Apple server. I was just surprised that that happened. And uh, it actually has made me think, you know, do I need to go back to Apple and say, oh, look, is this an issue with the machine or was I just pushing it too far? Yeah, look, I've had a little bit of experience with um, updating operating systems on Macs previously. And I th- one of the things that, it, that annoys me or frustrates me is that it doesn't consider the amount of space that you have available before it starts downloading. I think it might give a warning saying it will require a certain amount, but it doesn't necessarily check your system to say, oh, well, it needs 13 gigabytes, but you've only got 10 left, so we can't do this update. I think it just it, it puts the onus on you to say, check to make sure you've got it. And if you don't check and you just hit down download, then it runs out of space and then that becomes, you know, a major problem or I think it tries to install. And so, I've, you know, I've had, had issues with that because then you have to go back through and you have to find files to delete and you're spending more time with that. So I, I'm not sure the, the current process, this is a little while ago, but it would be good to see if that is addressed in terms of, you know, check the available space, make sure there's sufficient space before you update or provide a sufficient warning that, you, that it actually won't allow the download to occur. I think it actually does do that uh, okay. now. And, and also I, I did have have plenty of space because it's a fairly new device it was replaced don't forget it's a replacement laptop which i've had for less than three months so out of the 512 of onboard solid state drive storage i would probably i'd be using maybe 25 percent yes i think also sometimes when it's doing the update and install process um it wants to kill apps uh, so that it, it those apps aren't interfering with the system so do you know if the download had actually finished at that point before when because i know you walked away from the computer but had the download finished and it was either waiting to install or maybe it was preparing to install no it it hadn't finished it was still it was it was probably halfway through because it was a yeah, 13, right. gig, 13 gigabyte like full operating system that was trying to be downloaded yeah. and i was probably about halfway through it so it was taking a while to come down i mean i'm just using the the nbn mate so it's, uh, yeah, it's not, yeah, not yeah. renowned for its speed <laughs> uh, it was going to take hours. So, sometimes in those cases i mean if you're downloading a large file whether that be an operating system update or you know a major you know big movies big big files that can cause stresses on the machine because you're running you're asking the machine to running uh, you know, run it at, at, sometimes at its capacity for an extended period of time. And that, of course, generates heat. And with the designs of, you know, particularly the MacBooks and other, you know, Ultrabook-type designs, they don't necessarily have a, a cooling system that is there to perform exceptionally well. It happens, you know, it will cool it down, but it's not expecting to be, you know, maximum performance, uh, maximum usage, maximum fan for an ex- extended period of time. And that just means then there's the heat that can build up and then heat is really the enemy of tech because, um, you know, more heat, more stress, more stress is, you know, problems and stutters and, and, and things that, you know, crashes that happen within the uh, electronics. Mm. It's interesting that that happened. It doesn't fill me with uh, that much confidence. It's a little bit disappointing. Uh, but I would recommend to anyone who is is uh, looking at, at getting a new Apple laptop that they go for one with the new M1, M1 chip. Yeah, yeah, M1 chip. That's the new one. Uh, that's got an eight core versus the old four core. It's got up to 16 gigabytes of RAM. 
up to two terabytes of storage and battery life much better because of better software integration with the operating system, 20 hour battery life versus 10 hour battery life, same weight, same dimensions. So that's much better. One thing I should say actually about the battery of either version of the MacBook Pro 13 inches that they both come with a fast charging adapter. So a power adapter that again uses that USB-C cable allows you to charge your laptop very quickly so a bit like what you were talking about with uh when you when you reviewed your oppo phone uh you know that there's the benefit of uh, fast charging yeah good uh, with with these new laptops which is which it should be the case you're paying a lot of money for them so that's something that you would expect uh, another thing that i should mention just in passing is there is a thing called a touch bar which has been retained across all macbook pros it's a little strip above the keyboard that automatically adjusts depending on the context of what you're doing. So if you're uh, in a... In it's a digital program, display, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's a digital display, but it's customizable and it, and it varies according to what you're doing on your laptop. If you're writing a Word document, for example, then it'll have spell checks and st- stuff there for you. If you're editing, it'll have a, a slider which allows you to slide through your audio. Or if you're using you know something like Photoshop, you can slide color intensities and things like that on that as well which can be a really useful feature so it's it's some people think of it as a bit of a gimmick i quite like it it's something that once you get used to it's a benefit of the the macbook pro over the the lesser model macbook airs which are the Mm. other slightly cheaper laptops that that apple does so look as with anything i guess there's some caveats that come with it overall you know look compared with a 12 year old computer this is streets ahead in, in a lot of ways in some fundamental ways it hasn't changed that much there's been a few issues i'm hoping this overheating issue that i observed yesterday and and then it coincided with a software crash i'm hoping that's not repeated for obvious just, reasons just just make sure that it's um you, you lift it off the the uh the table a little bit put some put a little bit of a gap between the bottom of the uh, mac and then the table itself and mm. then that that will assist with the you know the fan you know pushing some airflow underneath there as well it's it's a small change but it might have quite good results